Thanks for listening and subscribing to DIY for Business. A very hot episode uh, here with uh, Greg and I. Greg, aside from hot, how are you doing? <laughs> uh, you know, it's hard to put anything aside from hot right now. It is so hot where, where I live. It's yes. uh, yeah, uncomfortable, yeah, but we're, we're going to get through this. I, I'm yes, feeling good. Are. Actually, I'm loose. It's helping nice. my muscles be loose. I got to tell That's you, nice. though, Russ, I followed your advice on something. Really? This this, this could be a this could be a first. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what was the uh, what was the advice you took? I watched the Elvis movie. Oh, beautiful! Did we we talked about that a couple episodes ago, right? We did, and I finally got around to it because I think it was just uh, just got loaded up on HBO Max. Nice. And I watched it uh, last night. And okay, so tell us what you liked about it. I'm going to tell you what I liked. Okay. And what I, I you like know what I, I liked the fast movement of it. And I liked the way that they kind of tweaked the music, the audio. This was one of the best sounding movies that I've, I've, I've watched in a while. Like the sound was so good and it was weird that they blended in some contemporary songs in there, but it worked. And uh, yeah, just the speed of the movie was what I really liked that, that, okay. that was it. And, and it wasn't a, the typical Elvis story, you know, as, as you know, it, it, it was really, about the other character. Yeah, about the colonel. Yep. yep. You know, it's from the colonel's point of view. Now, I'm going to say something extremely controversial. Okay. I did not like Tom Hanks. <laughs> well, that was the point, too, to partially not like Tom Hanks. But you know what I didn't like about him? Was it the voice? Because the yes. voice bugged me. It was <laughs> the voice. I couldn't deal with yeah. it. Yeah, it was a horrible accent. It was a horrible accent. It was tough to understand at parts. And I was like, what, what, what did he just say? What did he? Anyway, but on the flip side to that, what, what the, what's the actor's name? Austin, uh, Butler. Know, like, Austin Butler, Butler. who yeah. played Elvis, was an amazing sounding Elvis. Yeah, right? Like the voice when he's talking, when I guess he did a lot of the singing himself, was yeah. like spot on. I'm I'm a big Elvis fan, so you know my ears in tune to the you know the tones and the pitches of Elvis, and uh, he was spot on. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah, he he was really good. Actually, I think the acting in general in that movie, like everybody did a phenomenal job. But yeah, the accent, the voice, just just killed me. Come on, Tom, don't do that. Yeah, Tom, so if you're listening, because I know you are. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I also watched. A documentary on John McEnroe, and oh. you know, being around the same age as McEnroe, maybe I'm a little younger than McEnroe. Anyway, I was a big McEnroe fan and everything, and hearing his story of when he was rising to fame and how he got married to Tatum O'Neill and and that that whole story. So I watched those two things back to back, and they had a common hmm. theme. Both okay. guys were not good parents because they were <laughs> because they were so into their their careers and right. into their lives neither of them i mean obviously it's a lot tougher for a professional athlete and a, an entertainer that's traveling on the road all the time to be as present with their family as you know the normal person but we could totally relate to the challenges that they have i mean oh, yeah. they, obviously their challenges are extreme but both of them were lousy dads, especially in the beginning. Now, McEnroe became a better dad, and I think Elvis wanted to be a good dad, but 
both of those were touched in both movies. And I thought, mm-hmm. wow, this mm-hmm. is kind of weird that in both stories uh, about two very famous people had a very relatable aspect right. to it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as we've as we've said before, it's hard to, to maintain that work life balance because you get so far into your work. And these guys, I mean, come on. Elvis, right? Like he's always got to be doing something unless he's, you know, flying to Denver to get a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or peanut butter and banana sandwich. He's he's always working, doing something. So how does he, how does he manage to have that life? And you know, the, the, the crazy thing is it's like, you feel like you're trying to build up a legacy for yourself, right? Like in some ways with whether your business or whether you're Elvis, um, Greg, I'm going to, I'm going to compare you to Elvis here as, as I always do. Um, yeah, no, either way, like you're, you're, you're building up this thing and you're trying to leave something, leave this legacy behind, but then it's like, is that the right thing to do? And how, how do you do that? How do you be a legacy and have this, like, be a good dad and be a good business owner or be a good parent, be a good business owner or be a good spouse and be a good business owner. It's, it's sometimes tough. And uh, we're, we're positioning this big problem, and I don't know if Greg and I can answer it. We, we tried to in one show early on in one of our first episodes of DIY. So today, we're going we're gonna to try it again. We're going to try to do better this time. Uh, and, we have uh, help. We've, yes, exactly. <laughs> Jim Sabellico, uh, you're going to help us out with this because uh, this – well, I'll let you tell everybody your specialty. But thank you for joining us here on uh, DIY for Business. My pleasure, guys. I'm uh, I'm honored to be uh, sharing the mic with you. Awesome. Well, uh, did you see the Elvis movie? Is the big question. I did not. Okay. No. Well, you, you got to go watch that. The next, we'll have you back in a couple of weeks, and uh, we'll get your your take <laughs> on Tom Hanks. Uh, but uh, maybe maybe you didn't watch it because you're so busy. Uh, tell us about what you do. <laughs> uh, so, um, I guess by definition, I spend most of my uh, working hours, so to speak, hands on in my marketing agency. Uh, which is mostly helping small to medium businesses grow uh, and reach kind of that freedom point, mm-hmm. uh, which I think ties hand in hand with what we're looking at here. A lot of people look at scaling a business because they want to scale to the dollar figure. Uh, we take a, a bit of a different approach in scaling to the freedom point. And mm-hmm. what that is, is really figuring out the spot in your business where you can grow your business so that it's uh, self-sustaining and you're able to have that freedom of time and location with your family and kind of live the life that you want, not necessarily tied to your business. Uh, so it's really kind of just getting to the point where you're not stuck being an employee in your own business, but your business is kind of working for you to provide uh, that lifestyle for you and your family so that you can really make the most of it. So are, are clients coming to you with that problem or are clients coming to you with the problem of they want to grow and, and you, you talk them through this and like, how are you like, how is that beginning interaction with a client? Uh, to be honest, it's usually more the second, like people aren't necessarily aware of the fact that that's what they want. And um, that's kind of one of the reasons why I have these conversations is to really be vulnerable and be an example for people to show them like, Hey, the definition of success is not a house or a bank account or a fancy car. It's being present in your family. It's being a leader in your business and your house. And uh, I think not enough people have that definition of success for their business and their life, right? A lot of people look at, I'm a successful business person. If I make a ton of money, 
But like that isn't the be all end all. If you make a ton of money and you're not present in your house and your kids' lives and your in your spouse's life, then it's it's really a moot point. So I think for a lot of people we have that initial conversation first to really get them on the same page with what the actual definition of success looks like and the actual end goal. Uh, and then from there, we're able to kind of figure out, all right, what do we need to do procedurally in the business to structure it so that the business can scale and serve as a foundation so that you can enjoy the fruit of your labor? Yeah, I definitely want to get into some of those strategies, but I noticed behind you, you have some beautiful portraits of your own family. And I was just curious, did you struggle with this personally? And um, you know, how did you deal with it? Uh, good question. So it did. And initially, my son, Joseph, was born first. He's eight now. Um, when he was born, I kind of had this mentality that like, this is my world at this point. And I want to do everything I possibly can to provide for him. Uh, so I kind of defaulted into work my face off mode. And the mentality I had in that moment was, I am really good at business. My wife is really good at being a mother. So I was like, in the business mind, I'm like, all right, let's use our skills. I'm going to go out and just work as much as possible. Um, just try and build as much financial stability as I can so that in a couple of years, I can kind of ease off the gas a little bit and then spend more time. Uh, the problem was there was really no end to that hamster wheel. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't really until like <clears throat> I had a real not so great conversation and a real realization of the actual effect of me spending so much time focusing on work and, and the impact that it had on my family life that I realized that wasn't the route. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's very personal to me to, to share that conversation with people and be vulnerable about how it impacted me and my relationship with my kids, with my wife, uh, and then just try and be an example for other people to have that conversation with themselves, with their family as well. Yeah. I, you know, I, uh, there's this, this thing up in Sonoma, this little train town it's called, it's for little kids. And I was there with my kids and this is, you know, when I, when I decided to sell my business years, years ago, and I, I was on my BlackBerry and just going, that dates it too, right? But I'm on the BlackBerry and I'm like answering emails and I'm going and, you know, like there was something, I can't remember what it was, but my daughter's, oh, look at that, look at that. Like a dinosaur statue thing or something like that. My kids love dinosaurs when they were kids. Look, there's a dinosaur. A dinosaur. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I, there was something about it where it just like snapped and I'm just like, wow, I'm here, but I'm not really here. <laughs> you know, like I just couldn't es escape it and walk away from the business. And I decided at that point that I didn't know at that point in my life if I could run that business and be present with the kids. So I actually like that was a, that was a Friday afternoon. Um, and Saturday, I started talking to somebody about buying my business. By Monday, we were uh, calling our lawyers to try to get something going just because I made that quick decision of like, you know, if, if I still feel this way on Monday, I'm going to sell this business because mm -hmm. I, I just really need to be there for the kids. I can't, I just couldn't do both in that particular time. 
and it would take me so long to train up employees and get going and, and move forward. So yeah, I, I've been there as well. And it's, it's, it was, it sounds like it was an easy decision, but that was a rough weekend. <laughs> Very sure. rough weekend. Yeah. You know what uh, I also find today is that technology has made business so mobile that, you know, business owners, they take their business with them everywhere, with their phone, with their tablets, with everything. Mm -hmm. It's just so easy. And they're so accessible by their team members, whoever, you know, you know, oh, only call me if there's an emergency. Well, you know, there's a lot of emergencies, right? So you get a lot of calls on mm -hmm. weekends and evenings and stuff like that. And I think it's even tougher today. Uh, being so accessible with technology to really be present in your family's lives when it's not quote unquote business hours. Yeah. And I think it's, it becomes so easy to work 80 hour weeks. Now it may not be 80 hours consistently. It's like spot two hours here, four hours here, three more hours at midnight because I finally have quiet time. You know, it's it's crazy how much people are working nowadays because it's so easy to do it. Yeah. How do you how do you talk to people about that when you're talking to your clients? Like, how do you engage with them to try to get them to kind of step back from the technology that's ever present? So, uh, I mean, there's a couple of things. One is, you know, I think once you understand the actual end goal and really the impact of not being able to to see that dinosaur with your daughter. Like once you understand that, it becomes a lot more important for them to realize, all right, I got to put my phone down and be present, be intentional about the time I spend. But, you know, I think the other side of that is a lot of people talk about <clears throat> work-life balance. And I think that the idea of balance, um, you know, if you try and think of balancing things on a scale, you're constantly uh, moving from one side to the other. And instead, I like to look at it as harmony. So it's not necessarily you're constantly yeah. picking up one thing, putting one thing down, but you're trying to figure out ways to kind of live a harmonious life where it's just part of your, your natural routine. So it's not necessarily you're totally ignoring your family, but you're able to kind of integrate it into your everyday life where everyone's on the same page. Yeah. And I think that uh, is definitely something that you kind of have to do because you never know. Like I had somebody, you know, tell me at one point after running my business for a couple of years, like, Oh, well you could go to lunch tomorrow. I mean, you, you, you're your own boss. You could set your own schedule. I'm like, no, my clients set my schedule. Like I can't go tomorrow, you know, but maybe we can go, you know, the next day at like, you know, one o'clock or something instead of noon. Cause clients tend to call me. So it's like, I, I would have to adjust to it. So that was sort of the way that I, did a little bit of harmony with with it but it it didn't always work out well you know i want to learn more from this because clearly i need some help too uh, we'll continue the conversation right after this and thanks for listening and subscribing to diy for business with uh, russ and greg here we are talking with jim sabellico uh, we're, we're talking about harmony like this work-life harmony. I like that a lot better because it is difficult to balance. And, you know, people always say like, uh, the life is a balancing act. Life is like, well, you know, when you're trying to balancing stuff, you drop stuff uh, a lot of the times, right? Like stuff falls over harmony. I, I like that better because, uh, that's, that's, that's a nicer term. So where did you come up with that? And why did you come up with that? And, and how are you get people to actually convert over to that big question for you? 
Yeah, um, I wish I had a big answer for you. Uh, to be honest, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember when and where it was that I kind of came up with that, but um, you know, I'll tell you to to really sum it up. It's the biggest factor of it is getting everyone on the same page and sharing a common goal. So, for me, like as an example, I work from home. My children, who are eight and five, understand that when the door is closed and the lights are on daddy's in a meeting like they understand and they will tell other people so if my wife has someone in the house or something they will act on my behalf to say hey daddy's in the meeting you guys got to be quiet because they understand when daddy's in a meeting he's earning money or he's doing something else he's uh you know got his important thing to do so let's not bother him and it's it's a very minute thing but it it really helps to understand that Everyone in the house has that same understanding of the importance of when I am in this zone, it's for a very specific reason. And when the lights off, the doors open, you're welcome in. Like it's not, um, you know, it's not off limits. It's a very fluid situation where, hey, if I want to stop work in the middle of the day to go swim in the pool with my kids, I'm going to. And I think having that relationship, that respect, mutual respect, where you understand, hey, when when I say something is important, it really is. And when it's not, you're welcome in. But I think that that's, it's having uh, open communication, it's having a relationship, it's really uh, respecting each other's boundaries. And I know that might seem like an odd thing to say with an eight and a five-year-old, but <laughs> when you kind of groom them and raise them up in that, yeah. they understand that that's how we operate. So I think, you know, when you do that with an employee, who's been with you for eight or five years, same sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, at the beginning, you, you work with a lot of businesses on their growth and helping them scale. Do you find that getting them to that harmonious place with their work and their home life, personal life helps them actually grow as, yes. as for a company? Yeah. And explain Absolutely. that. How, how does it translate into actual growth for the business? I think it, it really helps them kind of see the end goal. You know, a lot of people get stuck in their work as if it's this, like they are an employee for their own company and they kind of dread quote unquote going to work because it feels painful and it feels like when they are going to work, they're missing out on the rest of their life. So when you're able to kind of shift the way that that works and kind of integrate your life with your work and, and make it this situation where it's mutually beneficial. Your pouring into work allows you to pour into your family more. So when you kind of understand how that that really flows and you're able to be very intentional about how you structure your day, how you structure your calendar, how you structure the uh, time you spend with your family, it allows you to be more intentional with your family. It allows you to spend more time. It gives you the freedom that you want to be able to, to actually enjoy the things that you're working for. So you you kind of start to not dread going to work, but you enjoy being able to to spend time doing those things because you understand the benefit that that has. So it takes a lot of time for most people to look at that mindset, but kind of once that mindset shifts, you know, I think it, it really unlocks people to realize, hey, this isn't me just going to work. Uh, this is me creating this freedom that I have to be able to go do those things. And I think without that uh, initial investment, uh, you kind of don't get the payoff. 
you know, and I, I, think, have, I, I have a, I'm sorry, Russ. I, oh, I ahead, have a follow up. I have a follow up question. I apologize. What do you do with business owners that love work? That they don't dread work. They actually love work. We're on the same page, Greg. I was going to ask that too. Okay. okay. We know those people. That's why. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, I, I guess the answer is largely the same. It's just, it's trying to figure out, like, I enjoy what I do. If someone asked me if I had any plans of retiring and I said, for what? Like, I don't technically work right now. I have fun when I like get to hang out with people and just do what I enjoy to do. So it's not, to me, it's not quote unquote going to work. It's, it's fun. Um, but at the end of the day, you still have bills to pay. You have responsibilities. You know, I think you have to look at that part. Um, and you can, you can juggle a bit where you want to spend your time, but so long as you're still intentional about making sure your family, your spouse feel loved, supported, seen and heard, so long as they're good, your relationships are all good with them. If you have built in some free time with yourself and you choose to use your free time, your personal time, scrolling TikTok or working, <laughs> at that point, that's your time, right? That's up to you what you choose to do. But it doesn't skirt you from the responsibility of being intentional with your family. Yeah, I, I feel like um, it's funny that both Greg and I came up with that that same question at the same exact time because I think yeah that 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 was a bit of of my issue for a really long time, and then it, uh, it turned at a certain point where then you know like and again running the same that, that same business after you know I don't know eleven years. Like there was a turning point where it did start to feel more like work, you know, because at that point I was more, I, w I was doing less of the work myself. I was managing more and more people. I was dealing with a lot of the accounting stuff and, and there were mistakes that I made going, looking back, it would have been better had I, you know, hired somebody to run the, you know, just accounting part of it or, you know, outsourced certain aspects of the job. Maybe I would have liked it better. Um, but, but that's another you know thing with business is like trying to stick with what you love and eliminating a lot of that like noise that's around that. Do you, do you talk to your clients about about that part of it? Because I know you're you're talking about bringing in new new staff um, and and things like that. Yeah, I mean it's a huge part. You know, I think a lot of people uh, they're afraid to give up the control because they think they could just do it better themselves. But for anyone who's ever actually scaled a business to anywhere important, you understand that like the way that you grow is by hiring people who are really good at a certain skill set that either you hate or you just don't have. So being able to find people and put them in positions to help you allows you to kind of scale. And I think that um, that's really a, a key that a lot of people miss out on and they get stuck doing everything themselves. And that's a, you know, that's a, a major trap. Yeah, it's it it's it's easy to get into too because you you do feel that, and I've talked to so many people that feel that way, where they just ah, nobody could do it as well as I can, you know, like oh no, no they don't they don't know the secret way that I do it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know how many times I've had that conversations with business. You know, and and the I'm funny part about that, about Russ. Yeah, the funny part about that is a lot of times they're right. A lot of times they really are really yeah. really good at you know all parts of their business, but. To Jim's point, you can't scale, you can't grow yeah, if you exactly. are yeah. the blocking point of every single area of your business. It's just, you know, you can only get so far. 
And I think that's the part that business owners that resist, you know, delegating and and hiring and outsourcing really get stuck with is, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so good at all this. Yeah, you are. I'm not arguing with you are good at it all, but you just can't do it all in a certain amount of time every day because people are going to need decisions made that you're not going to be available to make all the time. And, you know, some of those things need to be done in in a timely manner and you're going to be the blocker. And the sooner you understand that, the sooner you're going to be able to scale. Right. And and the the longer you go with taking on everything, the bigger those blocks become and you're just, you're just messing things up. Like it's just not going to work. That's why Greg, you know, when, when I know, I mean, I'm fantastic at at tri-tip. But at a certain point, I just know I got to go to a barbecue restaurant every once in a while. And I can't, I can't do it every time. I know, I know it's, it's, it's tough to admit that. (laughs) I I don't believe you. (laughs) All right. I I only make that at home. I I don't actually order that up. All right. uh, (laughs) We're going to take a short break here. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation on DIY for business. (laughs) And thanks for listening. And subscribing to DIY for Business, a part of the Best Business Network and Electrocast Media. You can learn from all kinds of business podcasts by heading over to thebestbusinessnetwork.com. You can learn more about this show by going to DIYforbusiness.com. Both Greg and I, like we're we're in California right now, we're recording this during a heat wave. So both of our computers are doing some glitchy stuff here. (laughs) We're we're working through that here as, uh, as we talk about, uh, really like growing your business, but growing it in a scalable way and, and, and in a scalable way, meaning, uh, for your life. Right. So, I mean, you started this business because you, you probably enjoyed what you were doing and you want to continue to enjoy what you're doing. And you don't want to get in the way of growing your business by being a blocker. You don't want to uh, not be there for your family. I, I, I'm, I'm assuming, hopefully you, you don't want to not be there for your family, but <laughs> it's, it can be rough to run a business and uh, you know, be there for the family. So I'm, I'm so glad that we're talking about this, uh, this topic right before the break, we were talking about outsourcing some stuff. And uh, Jim, you actually work with a lot of freelancers, right? So you've got an app where you can help business owners to, to utilize free uh, freelancers. Can you tell us a little about that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it's it's a platform, uh, legit.com, which is L-E-G-I-I-T.com. And I like to say that we keep both eyes uh, on ah, that. So you keep both eyes like on that. Oh, I, I like that. that. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so what legit is, is uh, it's something that uh, me and a partner uh, built together uh, about four years ago. And it's a, a freelance platform where people can go to, to get more stuff done. That's kind of our tagline. Uh, but basically what we try and uh, do there is allow people to connect with freelancers uh, to, to really grow their business and provide value in ways that they may not necessarily have in-house. Uh, so for someone who has a cheese store who needs a website done, they can focus on making great cheese and they can just outsource their website to someone who is excellent at websites, right? So they don't have to be, uh, you know, blocking up their production of cheese while they're sitting there trying to learn how to build a website on Squarespace. They can just connect, go find someone who's really skilled at it, uh, and then just go get more stuff done. So that, that's really, uh, you know, been a key, I think, for 
a lot of people that I speak with about how do you scale your business and remove yourself as a blocker, you know, I think is the mentality that finding good qualified people to go in and do the thing that you're going to do, even if they only do it at 75% the, the way that you want, right? And you still have to go in and pitch that last 25% yourself. You're still getting the first 75% done. Mm-hmm. And that frees up 75% of your schedule to, to focus on the things that you should be focused on. So it's really understanding that finding good quality people who share the same values, who share the same goals, who are on the same page, like we talked about before, with you and your business uh, to be able to help you grow uh, is really a, a huge key for people to just get to that level of scale that they want so they can enjoy that freedom. Yeah, I, I love I, the strategy of using freelancers. Yeah, and so do I. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a luxury of technology nowadays. I think that's one of the benefits. I, earlier, I mentioned one of the, the downsides of being so connected, but being so connected, you can work with a lot of different freelancers. And I, I just curious about your strategies on how you help people pick the right freelancers, because there's a lot of bad freelancers out there too. <laughs> <laughs> and even though, you know, they're available and they can do the job and they could probably do it cheaper than having somebody on staff and, you know, having to pay insurance and all that kind of stuff for an employee. A lot of times these freelancers can be flaky and, or, you know, how do you vet good freelancers that you would want to work with? Um, the coolest part about that, I think is, we've been fortunate enough to build a community that really polices itself. Uh, obviously there are standards that, that we maintain on the platform side with, uh, you know, making sure they're on time, making sure the communications up to, up to par. But the nicest part that we've really been able to take advantage of is the community aspect where we have a community of people all around the world who not are just freelancers who just happen to sell on a platform, but they've built friendships, relationships, and they kind of look out for, the health of the platform itself. So it's it's really been this awesome community building process where everyone has this shared goal about helping each other. Uh, and and the nice part, like I said, is you know you get a lot of people who are looking out for you who will help identify people who don't quote unquote fit the mold. Uh, and you know one of the things that we we laugh about, but is true, is is the expression "you're worth more than five dollars." And like the reason why we laugh about it is there are other freelance platforms that happen to get a reputation for cheap labor. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. And uh, you know, we believe that like that's, you don't want someone, you don't want to trust your business to someone who's going to be low budget. You want to hire someone who's skilled, who's legit, you know, pun intended. So that's kind of where we fit in and, and kind of have that higher quality aspect to it. Nice. Yeah. The, I, I've, I've used one of those sites in the past and, um, definitely not, not worth it <laughs> from, from yeah. what I saw. I, I had some like logo, I don't know. I, I needed something designed. I can't remember what it was for, but I needed something designed. I was like, yeah, you know, people talk about this site all the time. I'm going to go do it. And yeah, I, I, I spent, uh, I spent a, a while having to like, okay, Let's let's explain this one more time. Let's see if we can get this done. It ended up costing me so much of my time. It was like I could have just done this. Like why did I why did I do this? So it's great to know that there's 
vetting and screening and quality people on there. The other thing that I like about using freelancers is like, okay, so I am not fantastic at design. It is great to find somebody that can just do just that and have them do the design. So are you like, I'm assuming on this website, it's all kinds of specialties, right? Yep. Yeah. So there's, um, SEO, there's content writing, there's video editing, there's everything, you know, in the digital services realm. Nice. Uh, you know, one of the, the nicer parts too, about that is the community aspect, just to, to bring it back. If you hire someone to build, to design a logo, Mm-hmm. The community aspect of that is nice because that person has generally a pretty good relationship with someone who is a website designer. Oh, so they cool. can one-to-one yeah. refer you to someone who they know and know, like, and trust. Yeah, very cool. Then work with kind of the next step. Well, that's yeah, very the cool. other thing I like yeah. about using freelancers that are specialists like we're talking about here is a lot of times as a business owner, you just can't justify, you know, paying somebody full-time wages for a specialty that maybe you yeah. really don't need them 40 hours a week for, you know, you know, for years to come. Right. So maybe it's project-based and using freelancers is, is perfect for that. Yeah. 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 How many times are you gonna have to redo a logo? <laughs> Hopefully not many. <laughs> or you're doing logos for different products that are, you're, you know, you're growing, right? So you're right. having new products. There you go. That, that, that you justified it. There you go. <laughs> hey, and uh, Jim, tell us a little about, uh, you also, you have a, a business uh, where you are helping people uh, we, we mentioned this, you're consulting them to try to build that, that work-life balance, but you're also helping them with web design, traffic conversions, all of that as well. So tell us about your, uh, your, your website and where people can reach out to you. Sure. Uh, that website is jlewis.com, uh, which is J-L-O-U-I-S.com. Uh, and that agency, you know, like, like we said, is really focused on the growth aspect. So we'll typically come in, uh, help business owners kind of identify uh, areas in their business where they can implement systems, processes, and kind of gain that freedom so they can have that work-life harmony that we uh, also desire. So it's a, it's a mix of conversion optimization, SEO, you know, what, uh, let me put it this way. The uh, title on my email, my signature, isn't president, isn't founder, it's whatever it takes. And that's nice. uh, kind of the methodology we go by there. I like that. Yeah, that's a cool one. I thought friend maker. That was, that was my title. Remember, Russ? I was going to be friend oh, that's maker. True. That was that's cool, true. but I like whatever it takes. I like that. Yeah, that is a good title. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeff. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. It's been a pleasure, guys. And in the immortal words of Elvis Presley, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. We had to get that in there one more time. I, I, I didn't get a second smoker reference in there, but sure uh we'll uh stay get to tuned that next next, next week <laughs> join us diy for business smoker references oh yeah hey thanks for listening and subscribing and reviewing diy for business a part of the best business network and electric cast media the subjects that we cover on this podcast are selected with the goal of helping your business grow specifically this one today right all the information provided is opinion-based and you might want to consult a professional to discuss your exact business situation greg and i will we want your business to succeed and we are happy to take your questions we would also love to hear your suggestions for future episode if there is an area of your business where you need some solid advice or help let us know just reach out to us on our website diyforbusinesspodcast.com the link is in the description thanks for listening and subscribing 
to DIY for Business, where you are not alone. Hello, folks. Earl Breon here, host of the Responsible Leadership Podcast, part of the Best Business Network on ElectroCast. You're looking for a show to bring you some of the best leadership advice from some of the top thought leaders around the globe. This is the show for you. You can find us on all the podcast platforms of choice or on social media by following me, Earl Breon, B-R-E-O-N. Electricast. Electricast Records presents Jeff Simons and his brand new single, 48 Lines About 12 Men. Johnny was a kid who grew up in situate. He had a million one-liners and a problem with barbiturates. He's a bartender and a bartender's son. His race was over before it even begun. Jeff Simons, 48 lines on Electricast. Punk and roll for 2023.